Hello and welcome to Off Their Shelf Reviews. I'd like to start my intro with a quote about this film. And it reads, From Governor John A. Andrew, who said for this regiment, I know not where in all of human history to any given thousand men in arms there has been committed a work at once so proud, so precious, and so full of hope and glory. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Glory, which released in 1989, with a screenplay by Kevin Jarre and directed by Edward Zwick. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Matthew Broderick's character, Colonel Robert Gold Shaw. We are in the middle of the American Civil War, and as the North and South fight each other, Matthew Broderick's character, Shaw, has been given command of the first all-African-American regiment of soldiers being implemented into the Civil War. As we watch Shaw train these men up into soldiers, we also follow some of them working their way through the training with big names like Denzel Washington and Morgan Freeman allowing us to follow them through their journey. So you just mentioned like some of the big names attached to this film and yeah. there's a, a fantastic star-studded cast ensemble in this film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that also kind of applies behind the scenes as well, behind the camera in terms of the writer, the director, yeah. the musical composer. Of course, it was James Horner, yeah, yeah. legendary composer. <laughs> but I was just like, who is this writer? I know their name has come up before. Yeah. And it was the guy who did the screenplay for The Mummy, the yeah. Brendan Fraser one, I often... You know, champion is a fantastic kind yeah, of film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was also the writer for Tombstone. It's oh. absolutely one of my favourite westerns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was also the writer for Rambo Part 2 as well. Nice. Uh, he also wrote for a bunch of the Rambo video games. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a good pedigree of, of films behind him. Yeah. And also the director as well directed uh, The Last Samurai. Yep. Uh, he also directed Blood Diamond uh, and quite a few others as well. He even reworked with Denzel uh, several years after yeah, this film. Yeah, Courage Under Fire as well with Meg Ryan. So I was just like, this is like a, such a strong pedigree all round. And so it's a film that I'd seen chunks of like back in back in school yeah like yeah. in history class yeah, it's just yes, like teacher can't yes. be bothered to teach today you know put on a film and what a film this is yeah i i saw this film um a couple of years ago actually it was, um found it on netflix and i was just like oh you know what i do love me some denzel washington i'm gonna watch this movie and by the end of it i was just like man fucking respect you know it, it, it I, well, believe it or not, Denzel actually declined the role uh, really? a couple of times uh, because he was just like, he didn't feel like the character was had enough substance to it. But yeah. when he read the whole thing and realized how fleshed out the character was, uh, I mean, I'm glad he kind of took it. He did actually win the Oscar for his role in this film wow, as well. Wow, nice. So uh, yeah. like, you can see... Uh, you know, how much he invested of himself into this character and into the story. Yeah, and, and, and the thing about this film as well, I mean, I re-watching it again for this review, it's, it's not like your normal film. And when I mean by normal film, you know, when people say, oh, I put it on, I just switch my brain off, I don't care that it, it has no good actors in it or it's not got a big budget, you know, I just, I just watch it because it's entertainment. This film is more than that. This film... Is a, is a moment in history. 
You know, like we said, it's the American Civil War, North versus South. If, if you know anything about history, and not a lot of people know now because obviously it's starting to be forgotten. They don't want to dwell too much in the past and things like that. History doesn't exist unless it's been put on film. Yeah. <laughs> you know, read a book for God's sake. Um, but the, but the, the thing for me, like, I, I'd always been interested in the American Civil War. I mean, all war is kind of interesting in its own little way. But it's the... I suppose it's the change in that kind of historical moment where, yes, like we said, it was the North versus the South and there were slaves being held back in certain places by certain people who didn't, didn't want to treat them like normal people. And then along comes Abraham Lincoln who I wasn't too sure if he was fighting vampires at this point or not, you know, <laughs> probably had already at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and he decides, you know what, let's free all the slaves. Let's treat them like normal people. And let's give them a chance to try to help our country fight for their freedom. And so, like, I, I actually realized um, looking up into the, the history notes of, of this regiment that this is actually the actual second regiment that was made because the first one was like a, a completely different group of volunteers but you know the film focuses on this 54th massachusetts volunteer rifleman you know but we're following you know matthew broderick's character robert gold shaw who who is actually the only real character in this whole film yeah yeah i mean like there's uh <laughs> Apparently, the writer saw the monument in Boston Common, yeah, which yeah. is actually depicted at the very end of the film as the credits are rolling up of Robert uh, Goldshaw. Yeah, and uh, he, during the war, was constantly writing letters and uh, back home to his parents. Yeah, which is so you know the writer saw the monument, got hold of those notes, and was inspired then to write you know the screenplay. Obviously, yeah. he took sources from a couple of other novels as well. But yeah, he is the the, the you know the focal point and our. I guess POV into this time period, into this war. So all of the other characters are kind of made up, yeah. but they are kind of based on real people and, yeah. and real yeah. events. Now, I usually get a bit uppity when films that are you know trying to be historically accurate, but like come just make up shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that this film is very, very historically accurate. There's a couple of like things that they bend, but yeah, no yeah. nothing too distracting. As far as I'm concerned, it's a very accurate film, and especially down to costumes uh, and uh, and and settings yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, the art department here done a fantastic job in bringing this history to, to life. We fight for men and women whose poetry is not yet written, but which will presently be as enviable and as renowned as any. Yeah, and I, I, I've always had a, you know, connection to kind of Matthew Broderick. I know, you know, he had that incident in the UK involving the in car. Ireland. Yeah. yeah, that we don't really dwell on too much. I mean, uh, but you know, I like him in Godzilla and Ferris Bueller, <laughs> and, and you know, what's that Christmas one with Danny DeVito where they're fighting over the Christmas lights? I know he's not the world's greatest actor. Okay, that's all right. I mean, I like uh, Cable Guy, so yeah, yeah, he's great in Cable Guy. <laughs> But he's he's always got kind of a, a a young look about him, isn't he? Like he like like he he's maybe a little bit naive, you know. And it kind of works with this Shaw character that he's playing in this one because he's not this gruff, 
veteran, you know, who's seen everything and done everything, you know, he's not like... Well, that's what I really like about this opening of the film. Obviously, we get the text crawl, we get yeah. our explanation, and then yeah. we are kind of thrust into a battle scene. Yes. And he is leading his men, you know, against the Confederates, and, you know, there's cannon cannon blasts going off, there's oh, people God. being shot. God, I mean, loses his head. The guy loses his head right at the beginning of the film, and it's a gory death. Yeah. And uh, apparently the director did actually say that it was his choice to move the goriest image in the entire film right to the start, nice. because it sets the tone totally. right away. And totally. also puts a seed in the back of your mind because we're going to be away from the battlefield for about an hour after this yeah but that image is kind of stay with you so that when the when we get back onto the front lines you know the damage that you know the injuries that any one of these people could sustain at any given moment yeah, uh, yeah. but I, I do think the battle sequence there was very good and uh robert shaw ends up getting getting nicked on his neck yeah he goes yeah. down and uh, he's cowering under the explosions and everything else. And then when he is back at home, yeah. you know, he's at this this lush party, all of these you know rich and wealthy people. Yeah. But then somebody's banging the window or the shutter to get yeah, it closed, and he flinches. Yeah. So it's like so it, straight away we're establishing you know who this guy is from the battlefield to his life at home, and the film's really just getting going. I mean, I I love that bit where, like you said, you know, he's he's lost pretty much all of his regiment. The Confederates have you know they've won this little victory. And he's lying there on on the grass, like unconscious, or he's or he's playing dead or whatever until everyone's cleared. And and Morgan Freeman, uh, the grave digger, the grave digger comes along with a, a bunch of other you know, free men, I suppose, other slaves. I'm not entirely sure, but they are, you know, African Americans dealing with the corpses. And and you're just watching people. They're going around. They're shooting injured guys and i swear there's one point where i saw Shaw, but i saw like i saw there was a gray coat behind him and i'm i'm like i'm pretty sure that guy's on the other team and he shouldn't <laughs> be walking around but at the moment both sides are fucked off because was it we see Shaw? he kind of literally turns and goes over a little hill and the battle's still continuing on, on another side and so like you said when when Shaw goes down to the party and he sees his mum and his dad and he sees all the people who are so happy that he's fighting the good fight and trying to you know free their country and stuff stuff like that this is where Shaw will come across Frederick Douglass who I had to look up obviously my history is not great especially American history um, but he was a massive voice for the civil rights movement at the end of the 18th century into the early 19th century you know and he was kind of intricate into uh, speaking to some of the governors and saying, look, you know, you have all these African-Americans who have been freed slaves who are literally not doing anything. They can't really even get jobs because, you know, there's certain mentalities out there that won't hire them. Some of them are doing very well. I mean, we've got Thomas played by uh, Andre Bauer, you know, nine, 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 nine. <laughs> I'm going to throw that in there. Um, and their interaction is, it, this, this whole party sequence was so great because sure, isn't forced into this position he volunteer voluntarily volunteers himself to say look i want to lead these men into battle you know and he he, he gets his buddy uh carrie elwes you know he's a little bit drunk you know and he's unsure exactly about his buddy's decisions but you know Shaw's just like i want you with me you know we're friends i want you to work with me and then they see thomas and, and, and andre bauer is just like hey man I'm your first volunteer. I'm signing up. I'm ready to do my duty. And I'm like, Thomas, you really don't know what the fuck you're signing up for. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Now, apparently in the, the real history is uh, that Robert Shaw originally declined a couple of times the oh, position. Right. But apparently it's not because he didn't want to lead uh, a black regiment. Mm. It's because he didn't feel like he was worthy. Um, nice. And so he was convinced that he that he was. Yeah. And so he eventually uh, took on the position. Uh, but yeah, this then leads us into, uh, well... I'd say it's kind of uh, a cliched thing for war movies to do, mm. but at the same time, it's kind of necessary in terms of establishing your band of brothers, in terms of establishing who all these characters are, because that's what I enjoy about war movies, is that camaraderie yes. that the characters have, because that is what you hear all the time from those that served in, in wars, yeah. uh, is that your brother beside you, yeah. you know? And so learning about all these characters and all their different walks of life and... Uh, it's actually the sequence when they all get into the tent together for I the love first it. time. I love that sequence, yeah. It's a great sequence where uh, Denzel is giving Andre Brower, so you've got Trip giving Thomas uh, these issues because he's basically talking like a white man, dressing yeah. like a white man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then you've got basically the dad of the group, Morgan Freeman, yeah, who's Rawlings, just the word yeah. of reason to calm everybody down. Yeah. You know, and then you've got the mute drummer guy. Yeah. Uh, and then you've also got introduced one of my favorite characters in the film. Jimmy Kennedy, who plays Jupiter Sharts. Oh, I love Sharts. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, wow, like such, such, and every one of these actors, I mean, of course, we'd know, like Denzel and Morgan Freeman go on to do amazing things. Yeah. Andrew Brown are amazing things. Yeah. The only one I'm kind of, uh, kind of sad about, so I looked up the Jimmy Kennedy, um, he didn't really have much of an acting career beyond this. He did a couple more things, but then he went back home and became a high school teacher. And has actually only recently come back to Hollywood and went on strike, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's apparently back back to do some acting again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I really like that as well because, like you said, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cliche if you've watched enough war movies. But if you've watched enough war movies, you know you also need it because it's part of the formula. Yes. You know, the fact It's that, an vital part, I feel. Yeah, you know, when you have Shaw, you know, he, 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 he stood there in front of all these men. You know, and and they're pulled from all different walks of life. Some of them don't even have shoes. You know, some of them have literally just, you know, escaped from, you know, the south, the south from, yeah. from from the fields, you know, and they want to fight against the, what, the, the prejudice that they've had forced onto them. Some of them, like Thomas, are just volunteering because they think they're going to be there with their friends. But they don't recognize that Shaw is the man in charge, you know, and... He's telling his officers, like, you know, we, we we're not we're not friends to these people. Yeah, he's, you need he to scolds these... uh, uh, Carrie Elwes at one point, doesn't he? In the yeah. canteen, he's like, "Will you not fraternize with them anymore?" Well, th but that's 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 the funny thing because it, it's like Carrie Elwes, Carrie character, uh, Major Forbes. He's, it's not like he's telling him off for fraternizing with just an African American. He's fr he's telling them off because you wouldn't do that for any soldier, regardless of skin color. You're an officer, and you know, like I said, this is the historical period that they're in as well. You're an officer, he's an enlisted man, neither the two shall meet. But then at the same time, there's a way that Matthew Broderick and Carrie Wes kind of develops it as the film goes on. That after a while, it's like, actually, yes, they may be enlisted men and you may be an officer, but you're still human beings, putting your lives at risk, having to fight for other people's freedom, and so... You know, when you're stood shoulder to shoulder, rank goes out the fucking window. You know, you are literally 
following me, but I need you to follow me because we kind of respect each other a little bit more. Yeah, and that's where a lot of the, I guess, the, the theme comes from with Denzel's character because mm. he is the one who, he's kind of like blind rage at everyone and yes. everything because yes. of the way he's been treated all of his life. Yeah. You know, the situation that he's in, that he's still technically working for the white man, <laughs> you know, but yeah. now, you know, now they're fighting for them as well. And so there's a lot of like tug of war internally with all of the enlisted men yeah, uh, in terms yeah. of like they need to be on the same page if they're going to go to fight together. Yes. Uh, and we see all this in snippets and in just great little moments during their training, their, their drill training. And they've yes. got this Irish... Uh, <laughs> Uh, instructor or drill sergeant who doesn't he's not particularly fond of black people either so his racism is making sure that he gives these men a harder time than he would normal recruits uh, and so but then we also catch wind that it's a bit of a joke amongst the politicians and the wealthy elite that we're never actually going to arm these black men we're yeah. never actually going to send them into the front line all we're really going to do is keep them behind the lines and make them do manual labor. Yeah. And uh, and so it becomes a bit of a joke. And, and that's when Shaw kind of catches wind to this. And so he starts to try to make changes. He tries to make sure that it's not just a regular fighting unit. They are an elite fighting unit that... Because all of these people that enlisted actually do want to go to war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're also tired of seeing essentially other white men going and fighting in a war that's also liberating black men because of the whole racial thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But they also feel that same, you know, compulsion. It's their country. It's America. They want to fight for it. They also want to fight for their freedom still. And so there's all of these sort of layers going, going on in there. And the film really glides you through all of these moments and... Uh, and with some great, great dialogue, great actors, you really feel it. You yeah. really do. I, I love that moment with, with Sharts, you know, while he's doing his, his rifle training. You know, it took him ages to get these guns. And now they've finally got these guns that the, the, the unit is starting to feel like a, a proper working regiment. And this is what Shaw has been trying to imply to the men. Like, I want you at your fucking top ability. I want them trained exactly like we are going to train everybody because I expect them to go into battle. And so when you've got Sharks there, he's doing his rifle training and he's shooting the bottles and he's doing so well. Even Carrie Elwes is just like, Major Forbes is like, yeah, you're doing really well. And Matthew Broderick comes walking along like, reload reload <laughs> i need you to do it faster quicker better now and he pulls out his pistol and i'm thinking oh fuck he's going fucking shoot but it's the way he puts the gun up in the air and he's making a point he's not trying to be harsh he's not being a dick he's not being racist he's not being anything other than a true training him to be battle ready so that he can, ready. he can reload under pressure of yes. gunshots and loud noises going yes. on around him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great moment. It really is a great moment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was going to go to another great moment during the, uh, during their training is when it comes to payday. <laughs> oh, yes, this was it's great. A, it's a, and this is actually a it's real a, moment. This is the real it, moment This actually, well, yeah. actually happened where, uh, you know, uh, Robert Shaw stands in front of all the men and he's like, everyone, when you signed up, we agreed, the government agreed to pay you $13 a month for your service. Yeah. However, because you're all black, you're only going to get paid $10. And so there's a few people like, oh, I'll sign anyway. Morgan Freeman's like, I can actually sign my name. And the yeah. guy's like, whatever, just, just put something just down. Just take the money, yeah. It's like, God damn, like, it's just... So you see, all that racism is coming through. But then uh, Trip, 
you know, Denzel, he's like, I'm not having none of this. No. And he's just starts saying it as it is and yeah. starts rallying all the men. Like, oh, here we go. We're going to have the infighting. But that's when Robert Shaw stands up and goes, you know what? Yeah. If you're not going to get paid, None I'm not going to get paid. And he yeah. rips up his letter. And it's like, that's a great, great moment. Yeah. Now, yeah. again, in the history, I believe from what I've from sources, Robert Shaw was actually the first one to rip up his note because of his loyalty to his men. Yes. And, that they, and he had earned it from them as they had sort of bonded, even though there was still some hatred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, they'd become a single unit. Yeah. And, uh, and that, you know, this scene just helps you know, solidify that. Which also continues with Shaw, who realizes the state of, you know, their their equipment, mm. and uh, he keeps petitioning to get boots and more more stuff sent. And they're like, "Well, we can't. know all this stuff gets sent to the guys in the front line." Yeah, you know, you mean the white guys at the yeah. front. Yeah, uh, and so he ends up basically just breaking into his place, wrecking everything. Oh man, that sequence <laughs> was great because he goes to the quartermaster's and yeah. the quartermaster's like, "Oh, I got that brandy there oh, for you." Yeah, well, you know, he's trying to fob him off, and Shaw's just not having it, and and he and he's left trip. Uh, Morgan Freeman, Rawlins, and, and a bunch of the of his en enlisted men outside as his own guards, and it's the way he starts walking in there and he starts smashing the stuff up, and I I just love the look in Matthew Broderick's eyes because it's a look of I'll keep going until you give me what I want because in a way I'm your superior officer. You're denying an order just because you don't like the men I have under me. Na 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 na. That ain't happening. And I, I also love the fact as well that they, they was it, they weren't ever going to promote, you know, soldiers from within the regiment because at the time they, they didn't think it was a good idea. But they give Rawlins, you know, a, a position because Morgan Freeman's character has become kind of the dad of the group. He has become the person, the, the voice of reason that people listen to to keep him in line. Even Shaw himself is going to Freeman and going... I need a liaison between you and the men, like yeah. someone I can talk what to. What do you need? Yeah. And there's that moment where, so so Denzel Washington's character, Trip, you know, he's been talking about how he wants to leave, he wants to do this, he wants to do that, why are we fighting this war, it's the white man war, blah, blah. Um, and he, he, he goes AWOL and they capture him. And when he comes back, they've got to give him 10 lashes. Now, in, in, in the notes in the historical notes this actually didn't happen because they didn't do any flogging within the regiment because it was yeah. against the the, the I think principles it had been of... abolished about two years before the film takes place yeah yeah but the film uses it as an establishment especially for Denzel's character and Shaw's character's relationship because he rips off the 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 uh, the, the Irish kind of commander rips off his shirt and you can see all the whip marks across Trip's back where he has been, you know, whipped before by slave owners or by racist people or whatever. And he just stands there and he stares sure right in the eye, doesn't he? The whole time that he's getting whipped and he doesn't, or he tries not to flinch, but he still flinches. And you get that tear running down his face while he's yeah. looking at Shaw and it's just, it's just pure anger, anger, like... You can't hurt me any more than I've already been fucking hurt. I'll fucking stare holes through you. Well, apparently the uh, director um, 
didn't call cut when they were doing the flogging scene. Yeah, because it goes to like 13. Ex exactly, <laughs> yeah. It, it, the scene carries on. You think it would end, but apparently the director, when he was rolling it, like everyone was expecting him to call cut, and he didn't. He just kept close and stayed with Denzel. He was just acting his ass off, delivering this character. Mm. You get a wealth of emotions coming from totally, him. Totally, yeah. And uh, now apparently when the, the thing that they were hitting him with was, you know, it was obviously not a real <laughs> device, but it was designed so it wouldn't cut his back, but it was still designed so that he would still kind of hurt a little bit. Right, right. So, but uh, yeah, the way that it's done, his reaction and that tear, I think the tear, you know, happened like after he was supposed to have called cut, so it wasn't even kind of storyboarded or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just... Perfect, perfect moment in the film. Yeah, and it's it's there where Shaw realizes, hold on a minute, I'm I'm punishing this guy for doing nothing other than go find himself some boots because when they take off Denzel's shoes, they realize that his, the skin's been worn away on off his feet because his shoes are absolutely rubbish, and obviously he needs these shoes. So Shaw goes out of his way to get the, the to procure the shoes for his men, bring them all back, get them all battle ready, which. Which really kind of bonds them because in a way even Trip himself starts to recognise actually they're trying to treat me like a human being. You know, it's been so long probably since he's been treated one, he doesn't recognise it at first but he starts to pick it up. And I was saying to Gar this to Gary before we turned the camera on, the film's two hours long and it feels like the first hour is literally the establishment of the regiment and the training sequences and the relationships and then the second hour is literally just two battle sequences. Pretty much, but there's also, uh, there's a sequence where he goes to see the Warden of Shawshank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's just like, look, my soldiers are now combat ready. We want to go and fight. This is their fight as well. Yeah. And uh, the governor's just like, mm, I don't think so. And he's like, well, how about all of that stuff you've been pillaging? All that <laughs> stuff that we witnessed. Yes. Because there's a point where he's called out with another officer who's yes. also leading a black regiment. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, they're just doing manual labor. And when we feel like it, we come out to these towns, these Confederate towns, and we burn it down and we loot all the valuables. And, you know, and then we kind of ship it home. Yeah. And, uh, and Shaw's just like, yeah, I can see you doing all of this horrible, horrible stuff. And I'm going to go and tell some people about it unless you make sure you write up the battle notes that says this regiment's ready and goes to fight yeah i can report you to the war department oh yes i can do that i i thought that sequence was was really eye-opening when they go out with the other re the volunteer regiment because you've got your characters like denso and morgan freeman and they're talking to other african-americans from this other regiment but the the other guys that they're talking to aren't as well trained or aren't as well respected they don't have the discipline that they they've... don't yeah they, they, they're, they're just like they're just straight off the street you know given a gun off you go and so when you watch these this unit go out there you know the the other commander that's with Shaw, he's like oh yeah well we got slaves back where i come from you know and i'm, I'm changing my ways but you can still feel the the racism that he's trying to spit out and you watch these soldiers go in and start looting the town and Shaw doesn't let his men go no until he's kind of forced to kind of forced to but even then he he, he makes sure that the men are only doing like the minimal because he doesn't he, he doesn't want them to be doing that how are they any different from the confederates right how are they any different from the men of the south going into northern towns and burning them and and, and, and raping and pillaging and stuff like that and that for me is one of the big eye openers for films like this where you really recognize at the end of the day that it, 
regardless of your background, your skin color, your religious upbringing, all that, you, everybody is just exactly the same. When you're put into a certain situation, you'll be surprised how, how, how the parallels come out of what you will do in that position. And so when they do finally get their first orders to go out and fight some Confederates, it's, it's, it's not a massive battle sequence, but it is just enough that when Thomas got shot, I was like, no! <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Like classical warfare where yes. people just marched up in just lines oh face God. to face and just fired and then reloaded for 15 seconds and then fired again. You know, it's it's just yeah, it's a fascinating point of time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's captivating to watch because again, the cinematography is great. Yes. Apparently, the director said uh, he he flooded almost the entire movie with fog machines and smoke machines <laughs> because he didn't want because the sky was like a nice bright blue, and he was like, I'm trying to tell this bleak down story so yeah. like fog machines everywhere like blot out the bloody sun and the and the sky yeah just give everything like bleak looking uh, but it again, works it, it really does work it captures that mood and also you just feel like there's fires burning or there's smoke you know there's cannon fire or musket yeah. fire or whatever yeah. and so it really sets the scene again the uniforms the marching in formation standing shoulder to shoulder shooting as men fall down as cannons explode nearby it's great and yeah so when when Thomas is shot, like you've been with him from the beginning of the film, when he yeah. first volunteered as he was a friend, he could no longer continue his friendship. And when he shot it, you're shot as a member of the audience, yeah. you know, you go down with him and, uh, and, and they're just like, oh, you know what, Thomas, you're going to pull through and we're going to send you home. You're going back home. You're going to be all right. And he's like, don't you dare don't you let dare. them send me home. Yeah. Don't you dare. Oh, oh man. Just like, he, oh. is, is that the same battle <laughs> sequence where he saves Trip? Yes, it he is. Sa yes. He saves Trip. Trip's been fighting like fucking Denzel was going equalized on like seven or eight <laughs> guys, which was fucking awesome. But he just happens to get somebody just about to get him, and, and and Thomas shoots him, and so that repairs their relationship, Trips and Thomas's, where Trip recognizes now that you know what? Oh yeah, I didn't like you, but you saved me. Yeah, you know, and like you said, when when Shaw and Carrie Elwes, it's a scene um, where Trip has with. Um, with Rawlings, where Rawlings slaps him across the face, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he gives him a proper talking to, and uh, and uh, you know another point of view, and gives him you know time to reflect on what you know, give Trip chance to reflect on what he has been up until this point, yeah, and it's a huge changing point for that character then as well. So you know the the front line, the battle experience, the comradeship, sorry, the the camaraderie that he's had with his team, and yeah. then that point where he's been slapped by Denzel, you know, and uh, it, it's it, it's a the, the acting here is just on fire. It really yeah. is. Well, time's coming when we're going to have to ante up. Ante up and kick in like men. Like men! And so then it builds up to uh, the the uh, assault of Fort Wagner, I think it was called. Wagner, yeah. Wagner. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, I'm looking at this fort. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very well done set. It's on this beach. But, man, it's impenetrable. You know, you're literally walking across open ground with all your men filed into a small square you know you've got all the enemy just kind of pointing right at you and and the major's like we need volunteers <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and robert shaw's like well i'm gonna volunteer the 54th brigade we will do it because no one else wants to no one else wants and to so you're just like this is a suicide run it's just literally a it, suicide run it is but how many battles how many films have we watched? War films, battle sequences, you know, all that from all around the world where, you know, 
every assault is led by one kind of suicide run first and then to distract the, next... the enemy keep them busy while yeah. the reinforcements move up flanking positions yeah and and i mean if you look into the the notes you know uh, fort, fort wagner was never taken you know they threw they threw men at it all the time and it was never taken but it was six the... weeks later they abandoned it yeah yeah but it's it's but it's it's a position. I mean, it's like was it? I think it's Hill Nine Three Seven from Hamburger Hill. The right. hill, the hill's fucking worthless. But you've yeah. just got to keep throwing the men at it to try and get the enemy off of it. And so when you're watching Matthew Broderick walking along the beach with his men, I do feel honoured. You yeah. know that I've give him hell fifty fourth. Let's go. You know <laughs> that was actually a cameo from the guy who wrote the screenplay. Nice because uh, that's actually because he had a scene earlier in the film where you know we saw this regiment that come back from the front line <laughs> yeah. and they were just like oh look they're sending in the black people now to to do the job. You know, and you got the the racial dispute, and you know, Trip gets upset with the guy. Isn't uh, it fucking Salamanca? It is. It is Salamanca. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking Mark McGolas, who plays Salamanca from Breaking Bad. I was yeah. just like, he's just got a bit part now in '89. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great moment where they're, you know, they're 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 rallying on this company now because they know they know they're going in to do an impossible job to take that, yeah. that fort. Yeah, and and it's it's just one thing after another. I mean, they managed to finally get to the sand dunes, but they've got to wait till nightfall, and then they get past the sand dunes and they've got the colours down, even like. Like, was it Trip didn't want to color, carry the color standard? But when Shaw is shot and goes down, and the flag goes down, Trip's the first one to grab it and scream at everybody to follow him. And then he's killed, like, a few seconds later. I Like, I, I didn't actually see where Sharks died. Did he die inside the fort when they managed to finally get in? Yeah, because I think, like, the last shot we see is the Confederates around a cannon. Yeah, and, because uh, all yeah. the guys have literally just gone Over the in. top, yeah. They've gone over the wall, they're running into the fort, they've made it, and they want to get to the middle, and then as soon as they run it, you see Carrie Elwes there, you see Morgan Freeman, you see a bunch of guys, and then you see that cannon. Yeah, no, yeah, they all kind of just die there. Yeah. Well, I mean... Apparently, they lost, in reality, they lost half the company there. Yeah. Uh, but the 54th would carry on and continue to serve throughout the, the Civil War. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, all the, all the characters that we followed all die on that assault at Fort, Fort Wagner. And it's, uh, again, it's another uh, tear-jerking, kind of gut-punchy moment. Yeah. You know, like, the, the heroes here that we've been following are not coming home. Yeah. But they have achieved, you know, the film's title. Yeah. You know, all the men have, you know, they have that glory. You know, they've earned it. They're not just in, not just improving it, proving themselves to others, but proving it to themselves uh, as people. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it takes your breath away. It's, it's all the emotions that you've kind of get wrapped up in throughout the entire film. Uh, and, uh, and of course, James Horner's music just explodes at this moment as well. <laughs> Well, that's it. I think it's really kind of symbolic towards the end because they, they, they've got the mass grave, haven't they? Yeah. And they roll Shaw's body into it. That's right. And then on top of that, they roll trips. And so as the two of them are lying there in the pit, it's just like, it doesn't matter, like I said, your skin colour, your, your ethnic background, your religious upbringing. When you're lying in a pit 
and your enemies killed you, you're yeah. all the same. Well, I mean, uh, the Confederates as well, they had utter disdain for white, you know, generals or officers that yeah, were leading uh, yeah. black people into the war. So usually they would have given officers a, a special kind of burial uh, you know, away. But because of their disdain, they threw all the bodies in together. And uh, now apparently in, in, in our history, uh, the parents of Robert Shaw, when they did go there to visit the graves... They were told that they could take Shaw out and mm. give him a proper burial. And they said, no, 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 no. Oh. Yeah, right now, wherever he is, he's got the best bodyguards he'll ever he's have. Buried with and his that's men. all the men that he served with that respected him and that he respected as well. So yeah. he stays there. Um, which, yeah, it's, again, it's a, it's a great kind of closure, I guess, you know, for the film. Yeah. Uh, and then, then we are greeted to that wonderful, wonderful monument uh, that still exists which, uh, as the music sees, sees uh, the film out. Well, I, I read as well that, yeah, like you said, the 54th were, uh, inspired a lot of men to join up during the Civil War. And obviously it was a big turning point for the American Civil War. I mean, North won. Sorry, yeah. South. Um, uh, but at the same time, I, I did read... Read that recently, like uh, I don't know, about five or ten years ago, that the 54th had been reinstated again as another volunteer unit over wow. over in America. <laughs> you know, just to kind of inspire more people to kind of sign up and and join up and work together and, and build those, try to repair or rebuild some of those bridges that have been destroyed over time with racism and viewpoints and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and what were your favorite scenes from Glory? Oh man, like I, I, I. Oh. After a while, I had to put my pen down and tell me to stop making so many good, you know, friggin' favorite sequences. I mean, like I said, I love the the reload sequence with Shaw and his men. I mean, at first you're thinking he's being harsh, but he's actually making a point that standing there with all your buddies standing around you smiling gives you all the chance in the world to aim at a bottle and shoot it because it's not shooting back. But putting your men under pressure with a gun going off in his ear really makes you understand well it makes the soldier understand what he's going to be facing and then makes you as the officer understand if this man can actually work under pressure i, I thought that was really really well done um I, I i really loved the little sequence where like i think it's like a, a monologue of of matthew broderick talking as if he's writing a, a, a letter but you're watching him walking through the tents of his men and, and I said this to Gary, one of the things I kind of wish was that the movie was just a little bit longer so that we saw different points of the regiment, different relationships, not just Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington. And this was the, like a little moment because he's seeing, you know, a group of men that, that stand around a warm fire kind of laughing and joking. And then there's some who are singing songs and getting food. And so he's just one of the men checking on his men. I, I just thought that was really well done. Uh, the tear shot from Denzel Washington um, when he's being uh, whipped, you know, uh, fucking, it's fucking Denzel. Like, I still don't even know how many times I have to fucking say it. It's fucking Denzel. That motherfucker could look me with a tear running down his eyes and I'm like, take the fucking Oscar, okay? Like, you don't even have to act anymore. I get what you're trying to say. But it's... He, him, he's got this character down to a T. Like there's a whole history going on behind those eyes that is is made up. But you're you're believing that Denzel Washington is telling you that his character has been through some shit. He's felt some pain, and this is nothing. He can take he can take twenty whips to his back, and he's still gonna hate you with every passion. Uh, I mean, another one of my favorite sequences was like I said was when uh, like I said you got those group of. You've got like a white regiment coming past the, the, the black regiment. 
And and they're like, and the white regiment is just like, oh, you don't know what the fighting's like. And Denzel's just like, man, you send the 54th in there and we'll fucking fuck shit up, you know. And there's there's some kind of anger coming from the 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 other unit, but it's the way that that um, Morgan Freeman kind of gets down and involved. And he's got stripes, and he turns to one of the guys in the other regiment. And he's just like, you're talking to a superior officer there. And they're like, what? You, they, they're giving black people you know, like ranks now? How are they doing? And it, it, there's this whole tension. And then Carrie Elbez comes along. And Morgan Freeman goes, no, don't worry, sir. It's just a soldier fight. You know, you don't you don't have to worry about us. We're we're going to deal with this internally. And and that that the, the battle sequences, you know, like I said, the first battle sequence where they're in the woods and all the men get to, to fight and work together and, and, you know, beat the Confederates back. And then leading into the fort battle, you know, it's it's not a massive, huge set piece. It's not millions of dollars of CGI and things like that. It's, well, that's it. It's all actors. You all know, actors. there's no there's no post, you know, special effects. No. It's all on screen. Yeah. So yeah, all extras. They apparently got loads of um, you know Civil War reenactment. Oh, uh, yeah, it felt actors like it. in there, yeah. and, and they all volunteered and worked for free oh, uh, to nice. help. So they didn't they didn't mind the long days. They were there to also help with some of the historical accuracies. Yeah. To make sure everything worked and also yeah that that that's one of apparently the last shot of the you know of the, of the battle sequence of all the guys around that cannon. Yeah, yeah. Where all of the the last. Uh, reenactment actors that were still on set at the end of shooting, so they got they immortalized in that moment. Yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, like the the battle scene that we said, getting across yeah. that beach, the whole regiment of men that just the look, the getting into the fort, just the the confrontation of that cannon, uh, yeah, really really heartbreaking. Knowing that the film's over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, 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 <laughs> so there's a ton of great little moments and there's a ton of great dramatic sequences. But I'm going to start with that guy's head exploding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to get my gore out of the get way. Get the gore out of the way, uh, yeah. Because then, of course, we're into the hospital and people missing limbs and burns and oh, gunshots. Oh, yeah, that oh, it's, yeah. it's horrific now, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it sticks with you. Like I said, the director deliberately set that up early in the film to put that in your mind so that you're aware of the horrors that are to come yeah, later on. Yeah, yeah very effective. Uh, I think it's probably the the biggest heart-swelling moment in the film for me is uh, when Robert Shaw comes out and he's like, listen, we just heard this thing that the South have just said that any, any black man or any white man that is fighting... Uh, you will not be given. Uh, you you won't be. We won't be taking prisoners of war. You'll be shot and you'll be buried like dogs, black or white. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And so Shaw's just like, so you know, you're free men. If you wish to go, you can go. Oh yeah, yeah. And that then he goes to bed. Yeah, and uh, and you know, some of them are having trouble sleeping. But then when he gets up in the morning, the shirt's on, the jacket's on. He steps out and he turns to Carrie Elwes and he's like, "How many are left?" He steps outside and every single soldier is there, yeah. buttoned up, in formation, and, and the music swells up. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. Like, it's such a heartwarming moment. And the film is full of like inspiration and hope as yeah. well, despite yeah. how bleak everything is. And so, yeah, that moment yeah, really uh, pulled the heartstrings. Morgan Freeman slapping Denzel Washington. <laughs> you know, the, these two great actors have not been in many films together. <laughs> so, not since he slapped them. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the acting from both of them and the way that he talks to him and what he has to say and the way that Trip Denzel, takes on board what he's just learned. Uh, great, great moment in the film. Yeah. 
the flogging scene and of course the close-up on Denzel with the way he reacts and we've talked about it quite a bit and yeah, yeah absolutely tremendous moment uh but another great moment for trip is um the, the the a couple of nights before the big battle where everyone they're all sat around a campfire uh singing and praying to to you know to the lord or the gods or whatever you yeah and each one of them takes in turn standing up talking about something you know or praying for something or asking the lord for something uh and trip's just like shit man i, I don't know what to say i got nothing to say <laughs> but he eventually just says like you're all my family i've got no family but you're my family and like that was enough you know morgan's like takes him under his arm yeah 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 great great scene in the film uh again the uh, the pay dispute scene where they all rip up their things great moment the moment they get their shoes the moment they get their rifles yeah yeah uh, and then of course the moment uh, i yeah it sticks with me when uh, when robert shaw uh you know slaps his horse goodbye and sends it off it's almost like he knew he knew yeah. uh, and people have said that he actually did send his horse out into the wild you know on on that that fateful day but yeah, there's so many great moments in the film. We'd be talking for another oh, hour. Yeah, we'd go back and do it all over again. <laughs> Ian, you recommend Glory. I definitely recommend Glory. I mean, I know it's not a film for everybody. Not everybody likes war movies or historical war movies or just, you know, they just don't want to be kind of, you know, educated, I suppose. Um, and, and this is what this film is. It's more than a film. It, like I said, it's a moment in history. It's an education you know, they there's probably loads of movies like this around the world of civil wars going on. And like I said, that they've brought in people into the battle to kind of outweigh the enemy that they're facing. But this one's just such a really good one with the performances from Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, Matthew Broderick, Carrie Elwes. I mean, even the actor who was playing the Irish drill instructor, like he had some really cool moments that you just you just found yourself enraptured in these stories. And I, I, I keep having to remind myself that none of these characters are real other than Shaw. But the film does such a good way of establishing all of their stories, all of the relationships, that it's not the fact that they're not real. It's the fact that they could have been real. We just never knew. You know, these men, you know, they had such a horrible upbringing then they've been kind of pressured or convinced to join into a war and then they've had to face battle together shoulder to shoulder in some of the most impossible sequences and they make such a massive huge change that it is still felt now yes i understand that there are still some racial issues going on now but they probably always will with humans because humans are stupid but it doesn't matter they make great films about it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm certainly recommending Glory. This is a spectacular war film with real character, solid performances, stunning cinematography and great direction. Glory really delivers when telling the story of men from different worlds who bond together during a war that threatens their nation as they fight for freedom and find glory. It's a great historical drama with a brutal and bloody war as the backdrop for telling real human stories and the high quality performances bring this history to life perfectly. The entire cast was great. Each actor stood out with scene-stealing performances, but I'd actually like to mention uh, Jimmy Kennedy uh, as Private Jupiter Schartz as the lesser-known actor of the group who really shines in scenes totally. alongside Denzel and, and Morgan Freeman. 
The script and dialogue was great, so was the pacing, the editing, the general flow of the film, very entertaining despite the bleak nature and look of the film. It remained hopeful, you know, despite its tragic endings. The music by legendary composer James Horner blends in so well and carries a lot of the emotional weight effortlessly. This is a must-watch. It may have bent a few historically accurate moments to serve the narrative, but nothing offensive. It celebrates a story worth telling and remembering in American history, and it is one of the greatest war films I've ever seen. Their innocence, their heritage, their lives. Nothing would be spared in the fight for freedom. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. Get me out 54! Get me out!